But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Mm-hmm. We're still going to trust God. We're still going to serve God. And that had to be my response. And I said, okay, God, I, I, I know that you can. I know that you, that, that you will. But if you don't, I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to serve you. And I sat down at the piano on a Tuesday night. And uh, I began to, to write, you know, what was on my heart. And uh, the words, nothing is too hard for you. You are more than able. Nothing can catch you by surprise. Because this didn't surprise God. Mm. This, my dad getting sick didn't surprise him. It didn't catch him off guard. It, it was, you know, God is the one that made him. And so God knew that this was best for him. Whether this this was something that, you know, I had to deal with, my mom had to deal with, my family had to deal with. But God was more than able to be there with us and for us to strengthen us. And I can tell you, from that moment to now, God has not left me. God has strengthened me. He has been there for me. And so that's where uh, In Control came from. I wrote that song. And it was my encouragement throughout the entire process. Welcome to the Hacker Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn. I hope you all are doing well. I'm very excited to share today's conversation with you. We are blessed to be joined by an incredible apostolic singer and songwriter. Frankie Taylor Jr. is the assistant pastor of Family Worship Center in Colton, California, which is a town just outside of San Bernardino. He is a gifted worship leader, singer, and songwriter whose songs have ministered to thousands. Most recently, he led worship at the online North American Youth Congress. Uh, That was in August, and he did a tremendous job along with his team. I really enjoyed talking with him, learning about his story, and hearing his unique insight on leadership and music. I just wanted to warn you that about 30 minutes in, uh, he had a bit of an emergency and had to leave where we were recording. Because of that, the audio gets a little bit dodgy, but please stick around because you will want to hear what he has to say about apostolic music. And uh, I'll be closing this episode with my favorite song from his latest album, so please stick around for that. Before we start, I want to encourage you to share this with a friend if you get something out of it. And make sure to stream some of Frankie's music. He's on Apple Music, Spotify, and YouTube. Also, if you have time to rate and review the show where you listen to it, I would greatly appreciate that as it provides me feedback and it makes it easier for new listeners to discover the show. With all of that taken care of, let's get to my conversation with Frankie Taylor Jr. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much for letting me be a part. It's amazing. I reached out to you uh, a few months ago when it was my daughter's birthday when we were in lockdown and I hadn't met you before, but you were gracious enough to reach out to us and send her a birthday message. And that just, that was like the highlight of her year. That's amazing. Well, I, I really appreciate the uh, the gesture. These things, these type of things, I, I never want to get used to. And I'm thankful that uh, I felt that way because it's, it was truly special uh, when she, uh, when you reached out to me and I told my wife, I was like, babe, this is really cool. You know, um, from another country entirely wanting to uh wanted to reach out to us and so i was able to do that and count it an honor and i got the message back she sent uh she sent the video and it was just it was amazing it was awesome so thank you for giving me the opportunity yeah you gave me the opportunity to uh win uh father of the year so i'll uh i'll be forever <laughs> in your debt <laughs> well i like to uh 
I like to start off these conversations by getting a bit of background about my guests, just so the listeners have a, a bit of an idea of where you're coming from, your sort of worldview. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with us uh, a bit about, uh, you know, where you come from, that sort of thing. Well, um, I am here right now, specifically in Colton, California. So we are about an hour east of Los Angeles. I grew up in uh, here in the same area. Uh, I was born in Fresno, California. My parents came to Southern California when I was a baby. And um, they uh, received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name um, here at, at our church. I've been in this church for 30 plus years. It's Family Worship Center, formerly known as Downtown Apostolic Church. And we were uh, in downtown San Bernardino, which is a larger larger uh, city here in this area. And uh, since then, we've moved from that location here in Colton. So I've been here. We've been here this whole time. Uh, I'm married now with two children, my wife, Karina, my two kids, Myla and Braxton. And so we serve here uh, at, at our local church as the uh, assistant pastors and uh, uh, worship pastors as well. And so growing up, for me, music was just kind of everything, you know. Um, I started playing the drums at a very young age. I, um, you know, I learned like at three years old, my brother was a drummer. He taught me. And uh, by nine, nine years old, I was playing in the church. And, you know, from that point, the music thing took off for me in a sense that I, that's all I wanted to do was music. So I just, I don't know if music took off or I just took off with music. I just, whatever I was doing, I was doing, just wanted to do music. And so uh, I just wanted to play the drums. So if anybody asked me at 10, 11 years old, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm like, I'm going to be a traveling drummer. I'm going to be this. Uh, you know, it was something with music. It was something with music. And so uh, that was my interest growing up. Uh, it, it was truly just me being wrapped around music. I would, uh, at that point, I would be in my room by myself. Uh, my siblings were 9, 10, no, 9, 11, and 13 years older than me. And so I I was the only child for a long time. You know, they had grew up and moved out of the house. And so, um I, I had the room to myself most of the time and I would just lock the door, turn on, you know, turn on some music. I'd sing, I'd write, I'd play. I would make a lot of noise. My parents probably, I'd be crazy, I can imagine. But I really, really loved uh, doing music. And, and so that really was something that God used to stir my heart mm. to do something for the And um, at one point I was in my room and I, I just felt, felt like God wanted to do something, you know, more than just music with me. And so I know we're going to talk about that a little later, but for the most part, that was kind of my upbringing. That's kind of where I was, where I was as a, as a child, um, just always wanted to be around music and, and I would record songs and I would write them and I would play them. I just, that was just, that was just my life at that point. And you can see how it's become my life now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you briefly touched on it that and also you mentioned that you're an assistant pastor. So obviously your ministry goes beyond, um, you know, just music, just worship leading, which obviously you're incredible at. So when did you feel that call to preaching ministry as well, alongside of the music? You, you, you were touching on it a little bit there. Well, if I can kind of share, uh, just be a little transparent. As a, as a child, I had some, some, some issues with, uh, with autism. Uh, I battled that as a kid. And at the time, of course, it, it, it was not as recognized as it is now. Thank God for 
the the technology and the medicine and the doctors that have researched and and um, um, so now we're more aware there's a lot more awareness but back then in the early 90s there was not a lot of awareness um, or information for my particular uh, situation however I grew up with certain certain things that I struggled with um, my speech, my uh, attention span, my, uh, um, I, I, you know, certain noises, they, they would, they would drive me nuts, but music was the only thing that calmed me, probably why I loved it so much. Music calmed me. My mom would put me in front of a, 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 a speaker and, um, I would sleep in front of the speaker. Um, it was just weird how, it, how, how music was the only thing that, that calmed me, but other things didn't like motorcycle noises, things like that. It drove me crazy. I would, um, I, I would have um, just panic attacks, things like that. And for a long time, as I was growing up, I told God, I, I, I will do whatever you want me to do, but I'll never do this. I'll never do that. I'll never do this because I knew some of the issues that I struggled with. And I knew that being in front of people, I was I was not going to be cool with. There was just no way, no possible way that God could do that with me. Well, one day I was, you know, 12, 13 years old in my room. And um, I was, I can't remember exactly what I was doing, but I think I was, playing on a piano i think that's what it was and i had some music on and i didn't know how to play the piano but i was just playing a melody or something like that and i just began to cry i felt the presence of the lord come into the room and i i at that age i felt god speak to me and and um it was quite interesting the way that god spoke to me because i can remember that it was as if you and i were having a conversation mm. you know right now i could hear god's voice clear as day and God told me, you're going, you're going to preach, you're going to preach the word of God. And I'm like, no way, there's no way. And for a long time, a long time, I felt that, I felt that battle with it. And I don't think it was until I was about 14 years old. I was like, okay, all right, God, I know that you want to, you want to do this. Um, so I'll preach, but I will never lead worship. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Crazy. Craziest thing I've ever said in my life. And I don't know why I said that specifically. Lord, I'll preach, but I'll never lead worship. I don't know. I mean, I can't remember. It had to it had to have been some significance as to why I said that. But all I can remember is me telling God I'll never leave worship. And, um, you know, God laughed at that um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, because, uh, you know, I started leading worship at about 17 years old and I've been leading worship. Ever since. <laughs> and, um, I went into my pastor's office, 14 years old, and I couldn't I could hardly get it out. And I was stuttering and pastor. um um, uh, pastor, uh, uh, you know, I couldn't get it out. And after like two or three minutes, I said, I, I, I have a call to preach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the room got silent and he was like, okay, cool. And I was like, okay, okay. Is, is that it? He was like, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. He was like, your gift will make room for you. And that mm-hmm. was the whole meeting. That was it. We didn't say anything else. And I was like, I was like, well, I mean, like, what do I do now? Like, what? <laughs> and, and you know, my pastor's old school. You know, he, he didn't say anything. He let, he kind of let, you know, God do the rest. Kind of let God work that out organically. At that point, of course, I was still on drums. A couple of years later, I, I end up um, having an opportunity to sing. Up to that point, everyone knew me as just a drummer, and that's all I knew myself as was a drummer. However, I did have a desire to sing because I had been singing up to that point in my room and no one really knew. But as I got older, I would, you know, if there a song came on and I was in the car with somebody, I'll start singing. Mm-hmm. And then someone was 
man, you, you actually have a decent voice. And I'm like, nah, I don't have no way, you know. I didn't like the sound of my voice. Like, no, there's no way. But I like to sing, you know. And so opportunity came to where I got a chance to sing. We got another drummer, and 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 uh, he got really good really fast, and he was able to play. And we needed, we had a need for a tenor. So I start singing tenor. Felt good doing that because I was behind at our church at that point. We had a bunch of like plants on the platform, <laughs> and the singers were behind the plants, and I felt safeguarded. Up to that point, I was behind a cage playing the drums. I was safeguarded, and then I was behind bushes. I was safeguarded. I was good to go, right? And uh, until one day. The leader of the, the praise team was like, hey, I need you to lead. I need a male voice on on a song. And uh, they were like, I need you to do it. And out of nowhere, I'm like, all right, all right I'll do it. Let's go. Let's do it. In my mind, I didn't realize I was the worst meeting. <laughs> I was going to leave the first time. And uh, so service goes. I'm nervous. I'm a nervous wreck. And by the time we get to that song, it's the last song of the service before preaching. I get up and I get behind, get from behind those bushes. Those, those plants and I go up to the front to the pulpit and I start leading, leading the song. It's, it was called um, I'm in love with Jesus and he's in love with me. I'm in love with Jesus. He's in love with me. Mm-hmm. And I start leading. And as I'm leading, I just felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm leading it and I'm crying and I'm ministering. I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm a nervous wreck, right? Mm-hmm. I told God I would do this. I've never, I would never do anything like this. I, I didn't have the bravery to do it. I didn't have the guts to do it. I, I didn't think I had the ability to do it. And as I'm singing, pastor comes up behind me, lays his hands on my back and he begins like traveling, praying and he's crying and, and I'm crying. And, and it was just a moment where I felt like God was like, Hey, I told you that I was going to call you. This is this, this is the moment that you need to know that I'm with you. And uh, from that moment on, I, I led worship literally mm-hmm. that next week worship. And um, God has helped me ever since. God has been with me. And as a pastor, I, I preach. I, you know, I, I'm fulfilling the call of God on my life. I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher. I'm preaching. I'm a licensed minister in the United Pentecostal Church. Um, I travel and I preach. I travel and I sing. And so to be able to to live, the, you know, live what God has, I felt that God has called me to do. And I don't think it's the, the fulfillment of it all. I believe that God wants me to do more. But in this season of my life, I feel like God has, 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 you know, brought me to that place that he called me to. And, and I'm thankful. I truly am. Yeah. What an amazing testimony. Thank you for being transparent and sharing all of that. Yeah. It's important that when you feel the call that uh, you don't try and put it in a box and we tend to do that, you know, we'll take like little steps here, little steps there. It's like, yes, I could do this. Right. Yes, I could do that. Um, but God typically is calling us to something beyond ourselves and where we right. have to lean on him and, and trust in him. Off the back of that, what is some advice that you would give someone who feels the call to ministry that could be playing an instrument, singing, yeah. or preaching? Well, uh, I'll give you, um, I'm going to give you a story after I, I, I say what I have to say about this particular topic. Um, but one of the things I would say is to stay committed to the call of God. If you feel that God has called you to something, you feel that God has spoken to you, giving you the talent, giving you the, the opportunity, the door, the open door. Um, stay committed to that call and stay committed to the will of God. A lot of times we get uh, impatient and we want to do or walk through the door that's open when it very well may not have been the, the door that got open. We may have opened it. Someone else may have you know, given us opportunity, but you know, you, you, you got to stick close to the voice of God 
and that's through your man of God. So my third thing would be to be submitted to your pastor and, and to, to follow what God has called you to do in that season through your man of God. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick story. Um, I, um, I wanted to go to Bible college and uh, uh, for a long time, I, I had had a dream to do that and felt that I could, I could really uh, help our local church and, you know, go there and come back and be, you know, be committed to our local church to be able to help out in whatever aspect I could with what I gained from Bible college. Went to my pastor, my pastor, long story short, said, hey, I don't think it'd be a good idea for you to go. Mm-hmm. Without any other explanation, that was it. You know, he just said no. In my flesh, I was hurt. I really wanted to go because I told God, I said, God, I, I, I could go to a secular college and get a degree and just go do a, you know, start a career. But my my desire is to work in your kingdom. My desire, the, the, my desire is to advance your kingdom. I want to do something for you. Hmm. I want to, I mean, going to Bible college is going to help me with that. Right. At the time, I didn't understand what 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 that no meant. Um, that no didn't mean that hey, no, you don't need to you don't need to go because I want you to stay here. Um, that no meant hey, you know what? You may not need it because God may have something. He may have a different plan for you. Hmm. And so. I, I obeyed my man of God. I said, okay. I said, okay. And uh, God gave me the strength to just walk in that and trust him and trust the man of God. And so through that, uh, years later, a friend of mine, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Bible college. He, he's, uh, he was, he was uh, you know, a student there at the time, but he was also um, a very influential person there on campus. And there were a couple of other men that um, speaking to my life to this day, that, that were there at that at that college and um, I thought would be a, a great asset to to me and be able to help me grow and you know what have you uh, well this, this this gentleman came up to me and said hey listen just want you to know that by you obeying your, your man of God and by, and, and by you having a good spirit and being obedient and just staying he said that God gave you everything that you wanted anyway and God opened doors that you would never even imagine you uh, being open to you because you adhered to the no and you were obedient to the man of God. And I'm telling you, bro, I'm, I'm reaping benefits that I don't deserve. I'm reaping uh, uh, fruit that I, 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 I didn't plant for. Um, God, God blessed me beyond what I could ever even imagine. I have uh, ministered on platforms that I would have never imagined. I get phone, get phone calls. And I'm like, how in the world did you get my number? How do you even know who I am? And, and it's just like, this is incredible. Like, wow, God, you have, you have allowed me to be a part of some really, really amazing things. And that's what Proverbs says, that your gift will make room for you and put you before great men. And I, I, I can definitely say that the, your gift making room for you is the prerequisite to you being committed mm. to the will of God being committed to uh, the call of God and being submitted to the man of God. That is very, very important. Um, and I believe that God will elevate your ministry no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing. If you're singing in the on the praise team, if you're playing an instrument, if you're a preacher, stay submitted, stay committed, and God will elevate you each and every time. Yeah, that's so good. It's easy to be submitted to the man of God in your life when they're telling you everything you agree with or you know, everything yeah. you come to them is always yes. Uh, but, you know, you're really challenged when you go to them with something that means a lot to you. And obviously, for those who may not know, you know, if you're involved in music and uh, in, in part of a church and you're developing your music ministry, 
you know, Bible school is a big thing for you to make connections, continue to grow, develop. My wife, she, that's how we met. We met at Bible school. She went there to study music for a year. So something that that's, that is that important to you, your pastor tells you, no, that really tests your, your spirit, but it's so important that submission isn't being submitted when he or she says everything that you agree with, but it's challenged when they actually tell you, no, actually, I think there's something else for you. Man, that's powerful. And, you know, just to add to that, I think one of the things that I learned from that is that, you know, your man of God is not there to hurt you. He's not there to tell you uh, or hold you back. You know, I know my pastor told me many times, he said, listen, man, I, I need you to know I'm not holding you back. He said, you know, when I thought it released you to do something, he said, man, I'm I, I'm just here to, to watch out for you, to watch out for your well-being, to watch out for your spirit and your soul. And you know what? God cares about you. You know, I, I don't know who that's for, but, you know, it just needs to be said. A lot of times, you know, we, we, we think that, you know, if we go to our pastor and we ask him or if if, if we think that, you know what, I'm not going to go because I already know what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. You know what? You'll be in anyway. You need to make sure that you stay submitted. That's a part of submission. You know, it, 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 that's what it is. You know, it's it's knowing that your pastor may say no and still letting them know, you know what? Hey, I got this call. This person asked me to do this. What do you think? Right. Um, for the most part, a lot of times the man of God will say, you know what? You know, let's pray about this. And or I feel good about this. And, you know, don't be afraid to talk to your pastor. Right. I agree. So earlier this year, you released an album. Uh, it was a live yes. album called In Control. Was this your first album? It was. It was my first album. Wow. I released In Control, the studio version, uh, mm-hmm. in 2019, uh, September of 2019. And then we did the live album recording in uh, December 2019. And so through this album is is where I first heard about you. Uh, my wife, you know, she's connected with a lot of people in the apostolic world when it comes to music. She's the music director at our church here in Sydney. And she told me about, you know, have you heard of Frankie Taylor? I said, no, I haven't. He's like, you should check out uh, some of his music. And, and she, when she mentioned that, she said also that apparently at this live recording, there was a powerful move of God. And for her, that's important. You know, there is a powerful move of God at the live recording. Wow. Pe- people were filled with the spirit. And we're like, okay, well, yeah, let's check this guy out. It's, a, it's an amazing album. We, we love it. Obviously, my daughter loves it. What's the backstory? How did how did this come about? What's the backstory of the In Control album? Wow. Now I, I got to ask you this: do, do you do you happen to know, like personally, any of it, any of the background story of it? Me personally, yeah, I know. Yeah. I've listened to a few of your interviews. Okay, great. Because yeah. the reason why I was is because a lot of times people don't ask that question. They don't know. They just think that In Control is just a good song, or it was like, man, like how did you come up with a song? Like, man, that's, that's a, that's man, that, that song speaks. It just, it just speaks from experience. And it's literally where I got it from. I got it from one of the toughest, toughest uh, uh, seasons of my life. And uh, I can say this, that a lot of times God will, he will, man, I'm trying to get this out, you know, without getting emotional, but God will, will allow you to go through some things to, to get you, to that place that he has called you to. 
and you don't you won't realize it in the in that moment. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. Uh, but you won't realize it in that moment because you can be so bombarded with what is going on right there. You can be so bombarded with the why, like man, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? And not see the purpose behind it. And uh, the story is my my father had received uh, received a uh, diagnosis of leukemia, and it was the type you know uh, type of cancer that just really was uh there was really no cure for it. there was no treatment that was going to help it get any better it was just going to on get from him dying so we started to pray and we said god we 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 need a miracle and we believed that god was going to do a miracle come at grips with the with the fact that you know what his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts what if it's not the will of God for my dad to be healed on this side. What if it's God's will for him for, for, for him to just go home? And I had to come at grips with that because I didn't know what God's will was. God didn't come to me, hey, Frankie, your dad's going to get sick, and um, uh, I'm going to heal him. He didn't say that, or he didn't say, hey, your dad's going to get sick, and I'm going to take him. I didn't know what God wanted to do. All I knew is that my dad had cancer. Mm. And then I knew that I had a God that, was able to save him, able to heal him. And I was going to believe until the end that God was going to heal him. However, I was reminded of Shadrach, uh, Meshach, and Abednego, their their dilemma. They were faced with a choice whether to bow or to burn. And um, they, Nebuchadnezzar told them, he said, listen, he said, uh, in so many words, you're going to either, you're going to either bow or you're going to burn. And they said, you know what? We're not going to answer you this in, in in any pretty form. We're just going to tell you tell you tell you like it is. We're you know we serve a God who was more than able to deliver us from your hand. But if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Mm. We're still going to trust God. We're still going to serve God. And that had to be my response. And I said, Okay, God, I I, I know that you can. I know that you that that you will. But if you don't, I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to serve you. And I sat down at the piano on a Tuesday night. And uh, I began to, to write, you know, what was on my heart. And uh, the words, nothing is too hard for you. You are more than able. Nothing can catch you by surprise. Because this didn't surprise God. This, my dad getting sick didn't surprise him. It didn't catch him off guard. It, it was, you know, God is the one that made him. And so God knew that this was best for him. Whether this this was something that, you know, I had to deal with, my mom had to deal with, my family had to deal with. But God was more than able to be there with us and for us to strengthen us. And I can tell you, from that moment to now, God has not left me. God has strengthened me. He has been there for me. And so that's where uh, In Control came from. I wrote that song. And it was my encouragement throughout the entire process for an entire year. Hmm. While the doctor only lived for three months, he lived for up to 13 days before his a year, excuse me, mm-hmm. almost a year, almost a year to his diagnosis, uh, he passed away. But God, God gave him, uh, gave him a year basically, and I got a year to spend with my dad, and uh, and you know what, that song, I was able to record the entire album, write each and every song, while he was still here, wow. and it was it wasn't until uh, uh, about a month. And seven days after the recording that the Lord took my dad. And so uh, that was where that, that entire album came from. 
Every single song talks about the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. It talks about God more than amazing. It talks about being in the presence of God. It talks about about God being able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. That was the heartbeat of this record. And I wanted each and every one to know that no matter what they go through, they can still praise God through their trial, through their situation, through whatever it is that they're going through. And God is still worthy of that praise. And so that was, that's what In Control Live was all about. That's what In Control the song is about. And uh, sometimes God allow you to go through those things mm-hmm. just to see, just to see if you're going to answer the, the call that he has called you to. And you know what, bro? Um, who knows, man? You know, if, if, if God would have told me at 14 years old that this is what I had to go through, who knows? I may not have, have one. I may not have said yes. But sometimes God just shows you the, you know, the end of the thing before you have to go through it to get there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I'm thankful. I, I do not. I regret not one moment of it. God gave me grace and, and, and mercy and the opportunity to spend a little bit more time with my dad than what the doctor said. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for that. And so hopefully, hopefully that's encouraging. Hopefully that, that, uh, that strengthens somebody to know that uh, no matter what God is, God's working and fighting for you. Well, there's a, a depth to the music. There's a depth to, the songs and and I felt like it was important for people to hear, you know, the story behind some of these songs because it adds another layer to it and allows the songs to minister at a deeper level. You know, when you realize, you know, what you're going through as the artist, as the person who's written written these songs and putting them together, what you're going through, the trials you're facing, and you're not just stringing words together, but these are these are words that are given to you by God to help you through a trial, to help your family, to help your church. Uh, through a situation, but then also to encourage people to keep looking to God, keep having faith, keep believing that, you know, despite the circumstances around you, God is in control and, and he can and will do a work. That is so good. So I wanted to uh, dive in a little bit on the technical side uh, of what you do. And I'm not sure if you're this person who just, I, I know there's like, I was listening to a podcast of, of with you know um, Adam Shaw, his podcast, the Restorationist. Yeah, yeah, he had on he had on Joel Urshan, and and Joel Urshan was talking about his preaching, and the the guy's like an alien, you know, like he's he's preaching without notes. He's like, you know, God asked me to go three years without notes. I'm like, what? Uh, so I mentioned that because I don't know if you're someone like him where God just drops songs in, in your heart and. And you've got a song or, you know, do you have a process? How is it that you come about writing these songs and the music behind the songs? That's great. Um, that's a great question. I've learned that this season after the album, you know, the season of, of just writing and having a desire to write more music. It, 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 God just inspires me. It's what it is. That's the only way I can really express it. There's really no, no, um, practical way of saying like oh i just come in my office i sit down and say i'm gonna write a song today and i never i wrote songs like that they have always been inspired by god inspired of god god just he just downloads it um there was a song that i i have no one else has this information by the way so i'm sharing this for the first time on this podcast but um i had a time in, in spring this year where Every single day, it seemed like for like a week, 
I had a new song. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Like, this is crazy. Like new melodies just out of nowhere. And I called my producer. I'm like, dude, what in the world is going on, man? Gotta keep downloading these songs. And I don't, they're not completed. They're just ideas. Hmm. And he was like, dude, hey, whenever you finish them, just send them to me. And so <laughs> it took from March to now. Crazy. On Monday night, I just felt inspired to go to my audio. I have this uh, this re- this recording app on my my phone it's the just like an audio recorder and i've got like hundreds and hundreds of song ideas that where i'll be in the mall or i'll be on the airplane or i'll be somewhere and i'll just a melody will hit me and i'll just record it just you know and i'll write down the lyrics and and then i'll leave it there and then i'll revisit it when i'm inspired i just feel inspired so that night monday night i'm laying in bed and i'm just nine o'clock at night i'm just inspired like hey go look at that song and um i go back and it took me forever to find it forever go back and i found it in, in march and and so i i go ahead and i revisit it and and literally it felt like 30 seconds it was like wow. almost instantaneous the entire song is done it was just there and um it's called we speak the name mm-hmm. and i'm actually uh, just finished it this week i'm gonna record it pretty soon and so so stay tuned for that we speak the name be looking out for that song but um i am completely excited about about that about that song because it's one of those songs that you just like wow okay god you know just out of nowhere just there mm-hmm. it is that's been my process of just being inspired of god and and whenever god drops it i i i just adhere to it and i just respond awesome yeah i, I was just wondering that because i've never written a song and you know you, you hear these songs and and they're unique and that sort of thing so i was just wondering uh, what your process was there that's pretty cool and yeah, we'll be looking out for that song for sure. We Speak the Name, was that the title of it? We Speak the Name, yes, sir. Yeah, we'll be looking forward we to hearing that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Can't sir. Wait. It's a fun song, man. It's a fun song. Um, you know, I'm going to do something. <laughs> this is crazy. I might get in trouble from the, uh, for this. My team might be upset. But I just feel like doing this. I'm going to kind of give you like a little snippet, just a quick snippet. It doesn't have any vocals, but you can at least hear the music, so. Uh, if that's, is that okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's see. I'm just going to randomly play it in a, in a particular part of the song. Let's see here. Can you hear that? So that's just a little bit of it. It, it's, it doesn't show you a whole lot, but just know that it, I'm telling you, it's going to be a very fun and exciting song. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I'm thankful. Well, over the uh, over the last few years, there's been a lot of apostolic music that's been produced. Artists like yourself, Charity Gale, James Wilson, Draylon Young, Mark Crowder, and a number of others. It's funny. Uh, I was talking to my wife about this. Like my my daughter's favorite artists are or Frankie Taylor, James Wilson, Draylon Young, Mark Crowder. And I was just thinking about when I was growing up, you know, my favorite artists were like Kirk Franklin, Marvin Sapp, like those, those sorts of guys. And it's amazing that her favorite artists are apostolics. I love that. Why do you think that there's been such a breakthrough recently? Because we didn't have, I don't know about you growing up, but I know I didn't really, at least I didn't have access to it. That sort of apostolic music it was mainly just college choirs. You know, you had your IBC, you had your... Uh, gateway 
those sorts of things, CLC. But there wasn't a whole lot of apostolic artists that were doing sort of church worship type music. Uh, why do you think there's yeah. been such a breakthrough recently? To be honest, bro, I think it's 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 timing. It, it is God's timing. Um, we we really have had a lot of of artists that had the desire to to do it. They just didn't know how to do it. They didn't know when to do it. They didn't have. I mean, back in the day, you know, it cost thousands and thousands of dollars to do a live recording, and um, and we didn't really have. And I do not say this out of dis, uh, out of out of disrespect or anything like that, but we didn't really have a lot of so- solo artists, if you will, doing all apostolic music that that had that was just you know that had all apostolic you know musicians also apostolic writing. And so for the most part, we didn't really have anyone to to like kind of pull from. There were some, there were some that you know, but I think what really did it for us. At, at one point, we were like, you know, it's, it's time to do this. It's time to do this. And it was James Wilson's album, uh, Songs for the Church. It really changed everything for for everyone. And I think it's important to say thank you to the James Sims, say thank you to the Court Chavis, say thank you to the to even the older generation, the, you know, those that came before us. I don't want to get in trouble uh, just naming names, but there are many that came before us that did this and and that tried to do this to the best of their ability and and you know what i feel like it took hold because we we were we all decided you know what by the grace of god with the help of god we're going to do this and it was because we had a david uh his name was james wilson and he killed he killed goliath and we all felt like okay if he can kill goliath we we can too and we we started killing our own giants i i happened to be the third i wasn't the second so James Wilson, and then we had another gentleman, Kevin Daniel, but it was him, and, and he recorded his in November. I recorded mine in, in December of 2019. And uh, you started seeing others like Draylon Young, uh, Mark Crowder. There's even more, you know, David Jennings and, and Nathan and Rachel French, and they're going to do something like that too. And, and Brittany Scott, I mean, it's just taken off. We decided, you know what? You know what? God, God called us to this. We all had the same vision. I felt like it started with the vision. We all had the, the, the same vision that God wanted to do something with apostolic music for the church. Mm. And um, I, I think when, when James came out with his album, it really changed everything for all of us. And so now you're starting to see it. You're starting to see it with the, the next generation and it's getting better and better and better. These songs are getting better. Mm. I mean, my goodness, the quality of music, it, it it's not this, this cookie cutter, this, this, you know this uh this thing that that just hey i'm just gonna do a song no people are giving giving their best and that's that's what's making the difference i truly believe that god is putting his hand on it and saying you know what i'm going i'm going to bless this i'm going to bless this and um and and so one of the things that james told me when i told him i said i'm gonna do this he said frankie whatever you do don't cut corners Mm. don't cut corners man and i said okay he said, whatever you got, man, put everything you got into this album. And I said, okay. And you know what, bro? I can truly say that with everything that I had, I put everything I had into this album. And I, I believe that I can speak for the rest of these these artists that we've we've tried to do our best to give God our best. Mm. So that, you know, young young people like your your daughter and my my kids and, and those that are, you know, these young kids that we see at youth conventions, that they can say, you know what? We have people that we can look up to now. 
that are living the life. They're truly apostolic. They're not just saying that they're Christians, but they're actually living the life. Right. One of the things that we struggle with nowadays is seeing artists that we look up to that don't live the life. They don't have, they don't have the, the, the consecration. And that's what we need more of. We need right. more people that are, that, that live the life that they're singing. And this is what makes the difference with episodic music. We are doing the very best. We're not perfect. Please don't, I hope anybody, no one gets that, but we are trying the best that we can to live our life. We want to be a good influence to, to those that are listening to our songs because we, we're, we are truly trying to direct them to Jesus. And we mm. want our lives to reflect that. So hopefully that, that, ex, that ex, explains uh, what your question was. Yeah, no, I think that's so important, especially with the quality that you guys are putting out. I think it's so important to support apostolic music for specifically what you said there at the end. Like, you know, apostolic artists, we know more about them. Their lives are more proven. You know, they're they're committed to it beyond just selling a record or selling an album. But, uh, you know, they're filled with the Spirit. Uh, they're led by the Spirit. They're wanting to do something for God beyond producing an album every single year, which is what some of the, we come from a city that's really heavily influenced church scene. That's really heavily influenced by Hillsong. And it's like, you know, they got a record every year, regardless, come hell or high water. There's a new Hillsong worship album out. And I just think it's so important to support apostolic artists. And because it's just, the quality is the same now. It's not like you're, it's not like you're making a sacrifice. You listen to really, really good music, but this is music that's anointed by people who are spirit-filled. And I, I just, I don't know, that's a bit of a soapbox for me at the moment with people that I talk to. Even in the Christian music industry, like you said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, the sort of lifestyles that they're living. And it seems like one right after another, people are falling away from God that were music artists for a number of years in the, in the Christian world. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think that's, if I can add this, I think that that's what, what we're trying to, we're trying to get to, you know, I, I, my kids, I've got a four-year-old and a five-year-old and they, they're some of my, my biggest fans. And I'm really thankful for that, but it goes beyond my music. It's when they get around a Traylon Young and they say, daddy, that's Traylon Young. <laughs> I listen to him on the radio. And Traylon Young is one of my one of my good friends, and it's like he's a hero to my kids. Mm-hmm. It's like these these guys, my kids can touch, and they can say, "Hey, I listen to your music. Your music is changing my life." And Draylon Young can speak into my my kids' life, and and can be that example. And 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 you know the the Nathan and Rachel James Wilson, and there's, I mean I, I know I'm just kind of saying the names that some of you know, but. Uh, or, or most of you know, but there are many, many others that we have in our movement that are doing, you know, the Aaron Barbosa and, 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 and the Brooke Anderses are actually our CEO now. <laughs> but there's anointed minstrels out there that are, are trying to live, live a holy, separated life, that are filled with the Holy Ghost, that are anointed, that have wonderful music, that I think it makes the difference. It makes a difference. And can't nobody tell me anything different. That it makes a difference. It truly does. Mm-hmm. When you can say, you know what, I'm not just singing about it. I don't just sing a good lick. I don't just sing a good note. But I'm living the life. That matters to me. That matters to me. So I really wanted to add that and I hope that's okay, bro. No, that's perfect. I, I completely agree. In conclusion, 
I, I want to thank you again for your time today and, and, and sharing your heart and sharing, you know, the background of, of your music. Um, I want to play one of uh, my favorite songs from your album. It's the version you sang at the online youth Congress earlier this year. But before we get to that song, we'll, we'll play that out at the end of this episode. But before we get to that song, I want to give you the opportunity to share a word with the listeners, something that God has laid on your heart for this podcast. And uh, you take us away, bro. Thank you again for your time today. Well, thank you again for having me on. It's been a truly, a truly an honor just to be on this podcast. But if I can leave anything with everyone, I, I can say this. If you truly want to be effective, if you truly want to do something for God, if you truly want to, to be used of God and, and for God to use your, your influence, use your, your gifts, and what have you, one of the things that I think is the most important thing is to be filled with the Holy Ghost each and every day. If you can find a time where you can just talk with God and pray and pray through, pray until something happens, pray until you speak in tongues, pray until you break through and have that day, day-to-day walk with God. I promise you, everything, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what comes, no matter what door opens, no matter what, you're going to hear from God. You're going to feel, you're going to feel it in your spirit. The spirit of God is going to be in you and you're going to be able to do exactly what God has called you to do. And, and that is the most important thing, is to have a walk with God, a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is the most important thing. That's what's going to get you out of this world, is that daily walk with God. And, and it's going to carry you through life situations. It's going to carry you through your, your mountains and your valleys, having a daily walk with God. Pray that this has been an encouragement to you. Pray that this, this podcast has blessed you today. And I just want you to know that I really appreciate your support, your prayers. Uh, but I hope that this has truly set in your heart today because this is the most important thing is to have a walk with God. I was lost, then you found me. I was broken and confused. But your love is all around me and your mercy it pursues and it was grace that pulled me from the grave it's your blood that washed my sins away it's your amazing love your amazing love jesus you have saved with your amazing love it's your amazing grace your amazing grace jesus you forgave with your amazing grace i was lost then you found me i was broken and But your love is all around me And your mercy, it pursues And it was grace that pulled me from the grave Has anybody been pulled from the grave tonight? It's your blood that washed my sins Save me with your 
God, you forgave me. Jesus, you forgave me. With your amazing love. Can you lift your hand and say, It's your amazing love. Some grateful people in the room. 